world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, I figured I'd be all talked out today after, <clears throat> excuse me, after uh, my Bridie on Monday. I'm not bragging. I'm just t- telling you, you know, we did our did the show here for an hour, and then I covered uh, John Diamond's show at, at uh, ten o'clock, and then I did my own show at eleven o'clock. Chad did it. If you didn't get a chance to see it, Chad did an awesome job. I had him on the the uh, eleven o'clock show explaining. Uh, uh, Salt and light brigades, how they operate, all that kind of stuff. Chad, Chad did really, really good. You know what I'm saying? He, he did really good, did really well. And uh, man, it's draining. I don't think about back to like Rush Limbaugh and those guys. How three hours a day, man? That that's that's a tough that's a tough gig to pull. And I told told my wife even this morning. Said you know, I'm, I'm spending so much time with my head, that I feel like I'm losing my body. Does anybody anybody feel like that out there? I do so much research and I, I just have to force myself. I, I feel like I'm 16 in a 1951 Chevy. You know what I'm talking about here? The older you get, the more the, the body begins to fail. I'm doing, I'm doing good, but the old gray mare, she ain't what she used to be. And, and uh, so much of what I try, try to do is, is in the mind. That's where the battleground lies in the mind. The Bible tells us that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. I was thinking today as, as I was getting ready to come down to the show. I'll get to you here in a second, Myra. As I was coming down to do the show. Uh, the 70 years that, that we grew up in, when we played the song yesterday when I, yesterday, uh, yesterday when I was young. And I, I really began to, to ponder that. Think of the time in which we've grown up, or especially think about the time in the last 20 years I suppose 20 years. You remember anybody out there besides me? <clears throat> Excuse me. Remember when you had to go to the library and look up those index cards to do research? Remember that? And you go to the card catalog. And, uh, 1973, I'm in college, and I pull out a card catalog of a Newsweek magazine from 1968 and look up an old article and realize how much information was out there that I didn't really know. And you know, you know the ability to, to a, the, a drop of a hat to grab this thing right here and do do a couple of those, and, and all the information is right in front of me. I get up in the morning and hit my phone, and phew, boy, there there it is. Everything that happened over the night, <clears throat> and to think as we look back over the course of history, uh, we've lived in the information age, and have been so uh, influenced. Can I? Is it safe to say this? We've been. We've been decimated by the information age because our desire for information has led us away from relationships, has led us away from morality, has led us away from things that are really, really important. And we live in an unbelievable time. That's why I wanted to, I want to start out this morning after Myra prays for us. I want to, I want to point out a couple of things and then we'll get in kind of the affairs of the day, but some things I think are pretty essential to help us wander. Is that the right word? Steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, ordered by the Lord. Is it possible to, is it possible to walk, uh, how do I say this? Is it possible to work, walk circumspectly without the anointing of the Holy Spirit today? Yeah, I mean, is it even really possible to do it? You know, the scripture tells us that the, that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. To guide, you understand what that means? To guide, to guide, a guide when you when you go into the Alaskan safari, you have a guide with you. It's not a guy that just drives a car through. I, I sometimes at Buckeye Lake here, when I get on the pontoon boat, <clears throat> sometimes I'll, I'll rent the boat for an afternoon to people, and I'll take them a guided tour of Buckeye Lake. You say, well, that's uh, 
What's the big deal about that? Just let them get in a boat and drive around. No, 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 no. No, the guided tour. I want to take them to guide them to. I want to take them by Cranberry Bog and explain to them what happened there at Cranberry Bog. I want to take you by Fisher's Marina and tell you what happened at Fisher's, Fisher's Marina and Sellers Point and Buckeye Lake Park. I want to give you a guided tour so I can explain everything that happened so you have a better understanding. Boy, Spencer, you're all over. You've, I see I could put you in the boat like on that screen right now. I could put you in the middle of the boat and I could drive you right down the middle and I could say, boy, we went on a tour of Buckeye Lake. No, but what about all the little inlets? What about all the places where there used to be things there that aren't there anymore? That's a guided tour. And we don't have many guided tours anymore. Christianity is supposed to be a guided tour. And we're supposed to stop and appreciate where it is and understand that this place is here because this used to be here. And this isn't here anymore because this happened. And when this happened, this disappeared. But it's, you get what I'm saying? And so we find ourselves here in 2022, and if we're just living in the moment, that's why they're able to tear down statues. That's why they're able to rewrite history, because why? There's so much at it coming, so much coming to us, and we can no longer remain lazy. We can't remain lazy because the onslaught, the battle of knowledge, knowledge will increase. Knowledge is instantaneous. Knowledge, perspective. I don't want to get into it, but Will Smith with Chris Rock, the debate going on on the internet. Was it fake? Was it not fake? Did he really mean it? Did he not really mean it? Was it the stage? Was it not? We have, to, we have to live our lives more circumspectly like that. With everything that's coming down, you might know what happened to Dr. Fauci. Anybody see? Hey, anybody seen Fauci? Anybody seen him? All of a sudden, boom, it's gone. You're going a different direction. And if you're not a follower of the news, you don't have any idea what the heck's going on. By the way, that, that picture there of Sky High, that's, 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 uh, that's Sky High. I mean, that's not Sky High, but that's the view you get at Sky High. Is that what you get? Spencer's giving his thumb up. Is that really? That's Sky High. Is that something? Is, is that something? Spencer took the picture when he was at Sky High. So, so there it is, you know, as you look off into the sun and think of the stories around, just around the lake, every house along that lake, think of the stories that are being told in every house as you pass, right? So there's so, there's so much we know and so little we don't know. And so little connections that we make that we, if we don't, be, if we don't make those connections, if we just move from day to day to day without connecting the dots, we wake up, we don't know where the heck we are. So I'm going to take you on a little tour here this morning, Romans, if I could. I, I want Myra to pray the anointing on us. So Myra, go ahead, dear. Yes. Good morning, saints. Psalm 12, verse 8, King James Version. The wicked walk on every side, but the vilest men are exalted. Is that ever true? Is that ever true, friends? The wicked walk on every side. And the vilest of men are exalted. Look at the people that we exalt. That's what I love about the Bible. It'll just drop a nugget on you like that. Say, wow, wow, that had to be God. Nobody could have figured that one out. You put vile, you put uh, wicked men in authority yeah, and vile men in authority and the wicked are everywhere. Go ahead, Myra, I'm sorry. No worries. Holy Spirit, you're welcome at Coach Dave Hoddle. Philippians 3.13, verse uh, 14, King James Version. Britain, I could not myself to have apprehend, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching <clears throat> forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark of the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. <laughs> 1 Timothy 6.10, King James Version, for the love of money is the root of all evil, Amen. which Amen. some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. John 14, 6, King James Version. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We read in 2 Thessalonians 2, 11 through 12, King James Version. And for this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion, and they shall believe a lie, that they all might be damned. Who believeth not the truth, but had pressure in unrighteousness. Pleasure in unrighteousness. Amen. Okay. 
I released the love. Yes, I apologize. I release the love, peace, and grace unto you in Jesus' name. Amen. Pleasure in unrighteousness. We do pleasure in unrighteousness. Uh, been, been, uh, bear with me here a second. I've been dealing with a couple issues. Uh, just been dealing with a couple issues, all right? And uh, why, why, are, why do people have such a hard time getting along together? Why are we why are we so quick to find fault with others? Why is that? And I was watching I was watching something on TV the other day, I can't remember what it was, and I, I, I noticed I was just sitting there watching. I don't watch TV at all. Maybe it was on the maybe it was on the whatever. I was watching a commercial. And I thought <clears throat> what chance in this world does a unattractive person have. And look at those TV commercials and those people in those TV commercials are making, I don't know, making pretty good money for one thing. They're pretty. And it's happened to be pretty. There's nothing special about them. Those, those runway models, those Victoria's Secrets runway models, their only talent is their God-given beauty. They had nothing at all to do with it. And how many of us, so many of us, are drawn to attractive people. What is that? And, and, and why is it that we're so deceived by beauty? We really are, you know, we really are. And I, I, I've been thinking about filing some lawsuits. I, I, I told you this before. I always wanted to, I'd love to play in the NBA, but you know, a guy like me, I can't play in the NBA. You got to be tall. You can't be short and play in the NBA. You can't be short and slow and play in the NFL. Why, why doesn't the NFL have quotas for uh, five foot seven, 210-pound, 70-year-old men? Isn't that discrimination that I don't have a chance to get a big salary? You say, well, Coach, that's, that's because the NBA and the NFL, they're performance-based. Well, folks, life is supposed to be performance-based. You're not supposed to be judged by anything, right, whether or not you can do the job. But if we're not careful, we find that we find ourselves attracted to the law of attraction. I like to do a study on that, the law of attraction. Why are we so attracted to those with like-minded beliefs? I think it's a good thing, can be a good thing, but it also can be a great hindrance. Great hindrance. And here's where it leads. It leads to gossip and backbiting. Somebody give me a thumbs up. Somebody give me a thumbs up. It leads to gossip and backbiting. And, you know, I got accused the other uh, couple weeks ago of playing favorites. Well, can I tell you something? I have pet favorites. I, you, get, you guys have any favorites? Anybody out there got favorites? I'm not talking about in here. You got a favorite ice cream? You got a favorite car? You got a favorite TV show? You got a favorite football team? You mean on the show I'm not allowed to have favorites? One thing I'm not supposed to do is be able to show you who the favorites are. I don't know if I – do I have a favorite because we think alike? Well, we I don't know. I really, I really don't know. But see, that's that's the battle we're facing. That's why I'm hanging on. I'm going to take. We're going to Romans one here today. So the battle we're facing is against the the old flesh man, the natural man, that uh, that uh, guy who thinks on his own and acts on his own, the guy who operates without the Holy Spirit. There is a natural man. Inside, Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And whether we realize it or not, we are ultimately all, all of us, motivated by selfishness. If you don't, if you don't admit that to yourself, then, then you miss it. Some of us are, some people are more generous than others. No doubt about that. But there are a lot of us who really, really, really are struggling with me, I, my mind, and what do I get out of it? And it's 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 the natural man, it's the soul man, it's the flesh man. That battle that we fight every day to do what it is right, to do what it is right in the eyes of God, to lay down our lives. God, that's hard. That is so hard. Amen. It's so hard, and that's where the struggle lies. And what we're seeing now in in uh, in the world is because we are so carnal, the carnal man 
is so alive and well in all of us. The bombardment of instantaneous information is almost overwhelming to us. Somebody give me a thumbs up because that's a great analysis right there. It's the bombardment of instantaneous information, self-gratification, even in our news. Mm. We hear something happened and we immediately go to our phone to find out. We want to know right now, right now. We want to, we want to know the inside. We want to know the behind the scenes story. It's a, it's a, really, it's a wickedness. It's a real wickedness in part of all of us. And, uh, I want to show you in Romans chapter one, if you pull that up there today, Spencer, I've said this before that Romans chapter one is not an end time scripture. We like to, we like to treat it like it's an end time scripture, but again, it's not an end time scripture. It's talking about the nature of man, that sin nature that we all deal with every day. And so we have a, as we, Spencer, go down to about verse, uh, verse 12, I think verse 12. And I, want, I just want to walk you through here, and I want to point out some, some little words that make, make all the difference as we, as we read this thing. <clears throat> Verse 13 says this. Now, I would not have you ignorant, brethren. So evidently, you can be ignorant, right? Ignorant is not stupid. Ignorant means you didn't know. You ignore it. I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purpose to come unto you, but was it let hitherto that I might have some fruit. Wait a minute. Go on. Let's go on up a little bit farther. Go to 16. Maybe that's where I want to be. There it is. Let's start. I'm sorry. I was in the middle. It didn't make any sense. So as much as in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome. Time out a minute. What's the gospel? What is the gospel? And I don't even think we even can answer that question with clarity today. How many different Gospels are there? Well, a lot of them. And what Gospel is it that Paul's speaking about here? I'm not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ. What is the Gospel of Christ? Well, Spencer, you better go real quickly to Matthew uh, chapter 3. I think it's chapter 3. Bear with me. Lord, lay this on me. I don't know why, but you laid it on me. I'm going to talk about it, okay? Hang in there with me a second. Now I can't find it. Oh, yeah. Chapter 3. And in those days came John the Baptist, the forerunner. The forerunner came first, preaching in the wilderness. I wonder why he was preaching. Preaching, he didn't have, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The gospel of the kingdom of heaven. That's one of the gospels. There's a prosperity gospel. There's a healing gospel. There's a friendship gospel. But I find then, and I flip over a chapter, verse chapter 4, verse 17, and it says this. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to repent, say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Isn't it amazing that when John, when I'm sorry, when, uh, yeah, John the Baptist opened his mouth and began to talk about, he talked about the gospel of the kingdom. And then when Jesus started his earthly ministry, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What's this kingdom thing? What's this kingdom of heaven thing? Go back to Romans. Because the kingdom of heaven must encompass a lot of stuff. The gospel of the kingdom of heaven. So Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. How is the righteousness of God revealed in the gospel of Christ. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now watch. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against. God is against something here. God, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against. What? All ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Amen. 
God's against that, friends. He is against that. We're not all God's children. We're not all on the same page. He, the, his wrath is revealed because that which may be known of God, that men marry women, is manifest in them. For God showed them. Because that which they may be known of God is manifest in for God has shown them. For the invisible things of him, what would that be? From the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Who is without excuse? Who is without excuse? Those who see the righteousness of God revealed, right? Because when they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God. Folks, this isn't end time. This is men. This is how men progress. This is how we got where we are in this mess. For the invisible things of the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by, that are made even as eternal power in God. So they're out of excuse because of when they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God. Neither were they thankful, but they became vain, self-centered. They wanted it all. And because the more they wanted, even though they knew the truth, the more they wanted, their heart got darker and darker and darker. Amen. And then professing themselves to be wise, they started appointing transgenders to public office. They changed the glory of God, the uncorruptible God, into an image, made light of the corruptible man into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. And wherefore God also gave them up. Said, okay, dude, go for it. Go for it. Gave them up to what? Uncleanness. To the lusts of their own hearts. To the dishonor of their own bodies between themselves. Fornication, homosexuality, masturbation. They're dishonoring their bodies between themselves. Why? Because they knew the truth. The truth was revealed to them. And they said, I don't want to do that. And we fight that battle every day. That carnal man inside of us, we fight that battle every day. You're lying if you don't raise your hand and say, you tell me the truth. He changed them because they wanted to continue to do that mess. They elected for themselves people and they changed the truth of God into a lie. That's what they did. We're not the first country this has happened to. If you if you think that it's an end times just because you're looking at America and how bad America is, you haven't any any idea how many different civilizations have been destroyed, huh? God gave them over their uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, change the truth of God into a lie. And for this cause, what cause? For what cause? We just told you the cause. Because they did all that mess, God gave them up to vile affections. A vile affection. Hey, Spencer, what's vile? What's vile? Ask Mr. Webster. What's vile? Because he just didn't give them up to, uh, uh, just give them over to their own will. He gave them up to vile, vile affections. What is vile? Uh, <laughs> no, you put vile. Yeah, vile. I didn't think it would be this hard. I wouldn't have done it. Vile affections. It's not you. Maybe the system's down. Vile affections. He gave up the vile affections. So there are some vile. Well, okay, the vileness is baseness, meanness, despicableness. Moral baseness or depravity, degradation by sin, extreme wickedness. So God gave them over to vile affections. Let's go back there real quick. I'm about done. We got folks, if we don't understand what we're fighting against, if we don't understand this is not the end times, this is the nature of man. Amen. It's called God gave them up to vile affections for even their do you think homosexuality was created in 1970 in America? Is that what you think? It's been all throughout it. Why? Because they knew God, and they didn't recognize him as God, and they didn't honor him as God. And because of that, judgment came. This is judgment. He's not going to judge them. This is the judgment. He gave them over to vile affections for even the women to change the natural use to that which is against nature. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman, burn in their lust one toward one another, men with men, working that which is unseemly. Well, that's an odd word. 
and receiving in themselves the punishment, the recompense of their error, which was due to them. Have you ever seen a homosexual who doesn't identify as a homosexual? They, they receive, it becomes their punishment. It becomes their identification of who they are. And even as though they did not, not like to retain God in, in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to go do whatever the hell they wanted to do. Because they wouldn't receive the truth, he, they were filled with all unrighteousness and fornication and wickedness and covetousness, maliciousness full of envy and murder and debate and deceit and malignity and whispers and backbiters and haters of God and despiseful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to their parents, without understanding. Can you believe people think, can you believe it? Can you believe the lack of understanding? Covenant breakers without natural affection. They don't even love their babies. They take their babies into abortion mills, have murdered, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. There's a definition. Not only do they do the same, but we elect them to public office and they shove it down the throat of everyone else. And we go around and have a grand, grand old day. So this is the nature of man that we are fighting 24 hours a day to repress and hold down. And this dude, that carnal man, can raise his head at any time. And our only opportunity is if we've received the grace and indwelling and infilling and understanding of the Holy Spirit of God to be able to direct us away. I know this. You guys can amen this all you want to. If I... If I were taken away and put in Washington, D.C., and nobody was watching after me, my wife didn't know, and my family didn't know. Funny, folks, they throw you into the middle of a flesh swamp like that. You think you're going to survive? You think you're going to, you think you're strong enough to handle that kind of temptation? Let me show you a video here, real quick. Pulled up, uh, uh, hang on, I'm sorry, Madison, Madison Cawthorn. I didn't number them this morning, down at the bottom. This is Madison Cawthorn. This is a guy who was just elected to public office out of North Carolina, South Carolina. I can't remember where it is. This is a whole video I watched. But this was just about a 30-minute, he's been in D.C. Uh, a little over a year and a half. He's 27 years old. And he gave an interview. He looks just like one of us. That he's in a wheelchair. I don't know if there's a... He's a veteran, right? And listen to what Madison Cawthorn says about his time in Washington, D.C. Folks, this is the heart of man unrestrained by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you understand? This is what we're dealing against. So listen to this. It's about 45 seconds. What Madison Cawthorn tells us regarding Romans 1. Okay, go ahead. The sexual perversion that goes on in Washington, I mean, it, being kind of a young guy in Washington, remember the average age is probably 60 or 70. And I look at all these people, a lot of them that I, I, you know, I've looked up to through my life, I've always paid attention to politics, guys that, you know, it, then all of a sudden you get invited to, like, well, hey, we're going to have kind of a, a, a sexual get-together at one of our homes. You should come. And I'm like, what, what, what did you just ask me to come to? Yeah. Uh, and then you realize they're asking you to come to an orgy. Yeah. Uh, or, or the fact that, you know, there's some of the people that are leading on the movement to try and remove you know, addiction in our country. And then you watch them do, you know, a key bump of cocaine right in front of you. And it's like, wow, this is, this is wild. See, no, it's not wild, folks. It's not wild. It's Romans 1. The judgment of God is upon America because we have elected into office men who are not restrained by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you see it? Do you understand why all politics becomes local? Do you understand why the gospel has to be in, why the gospel and politics have to mix? Do you see what we get when we try to separate the church and the state? Do you understand the times in which we're in? And do you understand that even right now, it is the judgment of God upon us? Judgment isn't coming. It's already here. Boom. And when 
Perversion reigns. Perversion reigns. Not R-A-I-N-S, although it could be. R perversion is king. It's king in America. Amen. Perversion sells. Perversion is so carnally attractive. I remember when uh, someone near and dear to us went through an issue with uh, internet pornography. Hey, by the way, there's more of that than we understand, isn't it? And then got in trouble for being involved with internet pornography. Then asking myself one simple question. How can they convict somebody for something they said is legal? They called it free speech. And then you flip on your computer, you scroll down Facebook, and there's naked women pop, at least on mine, not maybe naked women, but uh, look at this, look at this site. Oh, look at her and her beautiful bikini. Over and over and over and over and over. And then you click on it. And then the next thing you know, God's dead. And the next thing you know, you slide down into a deeper hole. And the next, next thing you know, your marriage is destroyed. And you never thought that's where it was going to go. You never understood it. And it would have worked so much better if the guys on the Supreme Court had just done the right thing and said, you know what? Pornography is against the law. It's against the law. You can't put it on the Internet. You can't do it. Pornography is illegal. It would have changed everything. Same thing with abortion. I said, well, you know, if they have a, if, if we criminalize abortion, people will just go into back alleys and kill babies. Yeah, well, now hell, make them go do it in back alleys then. Make them go do it in back alleys rather than us telling them it's okay. You say, well, coach, we can't legalize homosexuality. Well, it always used to be. Well, we can't organize because people were born that way. Well, they've always been born that way. And we have standards. And listen, if you want to go have some butt sex with a man, go ahead and do it. But if we catch you doing it, dude, you're going to go to jail. That's the only way you restrain Romans 1, the carnal nature of man. Don't you understand it? Don't we see that? In our churches to say religion and politics don't mix? How stupid can we be? What are we, what are we battling with every stinking day? As Dr. Alan Keyes told me, the Constitution gives you the right to do right. It gives you no right to do wrong. If you do wrong, they charge you with a crime. So the Constitution and American Christianity is about fighting the urge to do wrong and instead doing right. It's not always just about grace for forgiveness of your sins. It is about overcoming your sin. That's what the gospel is supposed to be about, not just forgiveness. But because it's always forgiveness of your sins, Jesus loves you. Jesus will forgive you. Well, hell, do whatever you want to do. You're going to forgive me? You mean all I got to do is come back and tell him I'm sorry? Hey, a pretty good deal. <laughs> That's a pretty good deal. Called cheap grace. Nobody wants to throw out any expensive grace because it wasn't cheap grace to him. Cost him everything. Amen. That's what we're dealing with. And you and I get up every day, and we know, as I'm sitting here right now, that yellow school bus from hell is being filled up with kids going to a school where they're taught doctrines of demons, where their carnal nature is fed, where nothing is being told to them about restraining their bodily urges, where they walk into that school and they're actually having education to teach them how to masturbate. I learned it on my own. I didn't need any. Nobody had to teach me in school. Had to teach, oh, you, you, you're a boy and you like playing with dolls? Maybe you're a queer. <laughs> but you're not a queer. You're perfectly normal, perfectly normal, because we all know that all boys love to play with dolls. No, they don't all love to play, play with dolls. Some do. And that doesn't mean you're gay. But for God's sakes, how about teaching a boy how to be a boy? How about putting in his, that's why they came up, up with G.I. Joe dolls. How about teaching a man to play like a man? So if we look, I'm about done. If I look at Romans 1 as an end time only scripture, oh, this is how it's looking in the last days. Know this also, in the last days, perilous times shall come. Folks, 
There's been all kinds of civilizations that have seen their last days. You do know that, don't you? <laughs> been a lot of last days. Been a lot of last days. And we're sitting there right there and we're thinking, well, this, when we do it, it's really the last days when they get rid of us. When we're out of here, really? Really? And as a result of that, we allow all this perversion to go around in the name of choice. And Dr. Alan Key said, you know, you know, right to do wrong. There's no constitutional right to do wrong. So they changed wrong. They legalized wrong. Then you had a right to do it. See what happened? See the game they played? I could go on. That could go on. Perversion reigns. It's amazing. All right, let me jump in here. Go ahead, Michelle. Thanks, Coach. Morning. You asked um, way in the beginning what a good rant. That's those big and solid points that you made. Um, why we can't belong? Firstly, it's doctrine, Coach. We all believe differently. We don't all have a one foundational faith or truth we believe in, and we're not supposed to. Jesus. One Lord. One Lord. One faith. Yes. One baptism. Go ahead. Yes. But in Matthew 10, verse 34, yes, that's the, that's a doctrine we should believe in. Yes, amen. And then um, Jesus says, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. Truth cuts asunder, coach. And it hurts. It hurts when that sword comes and it cuts things asunder. But that's the way it's meant to be. Because then you know it's real truth. It's solid truth. It's godly. It's Holy Spirit. It's real. If it's not cutting things apart, then you can know it's not real. That's the gospel of the kingdom. We don't even know, the point I'm making this morning, trying to make in a roundabout way, we don't even know what the gospel is. We couldn't even Amen. explain. Oh, we could explain to somebody how to get saved, maybe, but we don't, we don't understand. We don't understand the all-encompassing expansion of the kingdom of God. We have no understanding of that. Sorry, Julie, come on in. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, team. Um, at the very beginning when you were talking about why we argue and fight, James 4 just popped out. So if you, I don't know if you want to read that, you know, it talks about what causes James 4. Yes. James 4. I'm yelling at Spencer. James 4. Where should I begin, Julie? From From whence come war and fighting among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? I look, look. I am sick and tired of arguing with brothers over foolish and unlearned questions. I'm sick of it. I don't mind having a discussion about it. Arguing over it. You lust and you have not. You kill and you desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask not and you receive not because you ask amiss. Because you only want it. So you can consume it upon your lusts, you adulterers and adulteresses. Know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world. Well, I'm going to stop right there. What does that mean, to be a friend of the world? Does that mean I'm not supposed to take care of my my, uh, community? I'm not supposed to take care of my schools? Is that being a friend with the world? I don't think that's being a friend of the world, is it? No. Being a friend of the world is... Is uh, anybody, the friendship of the world is anybody who wants to get in, in, involved in it and owned by it and have the possessions of the world. And if, that, if that's what you're after, then it says here you're an enemy of God. You're an enemy. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? Wow, that's pretty thick. I got to spend some time on that, Julie. Come on, Rich. Yeah, Dave, uh, as you were reading Romans 1, it's like I could see different levels of sin. Different levels, that's right. As, as One you, leads to another, to another, to another, yeah. doesn't it? And so we, it looks like you reached, looks like as I was listening to Romans 1 being read, it appears that, and you correct me, this is a question, this isn't me saying it, this is it, the truth. Uh, it almost like you get to the point that when God passes that judgment upon you, that uh, there's no return after that. That mm. you were just—he just turns you over to a confused mind, and you stay confused, and that's just—that's your judgment. That's your your your. Spencer, 
look up reprobate, Spencer. Go to yes. go to yeah. go look up reprobate. Am I, it is am I interpreting that correctly? Is I believe so. Okay. Reprobate says right. not enduring proof or trial. Folks, we <laughs> I was reading an article this morning. Here, good news, okay? They've now come to the realization 35% of the people will never get vaccinated. The studies have shown that over the last couple of years. 35% of the people won't. But seven, uh, 65% are probably likely that they will. Why? Because they're reprobate, meaning what? They can't endure proof or trial. They've already blocked in on their position, and they're not. It's just the way it is. They're abandoned to sin, lost to virtue or grace, abandoned to error or in apostasy. A person abandoned to sin, no lost, one lost of virtue and religion. Now, the question Rich is playing on the table is, can those who are, are reprobate, can God still reach them? And I would say, yes, he can, but don't cast your pearl before swine. That, that's, a, that's a dichotomy, isn't it? But I don't know about you. I find myself more and more when I start a conversation with people, ending it very quickly because I know I'm dealing with a reprobate. Now, a reprobate doesn't mean morally, spiritually, uh, sexually reprobate. It means la, 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 la. That's reprobate also. They won't hear. They won't hear. And that's, uh, according to what I saw today, it's at least minimum 65% of the people are that, are reprobate. They will not hear. Janine. Yeah, let's go back to uh, Romans. And when we're born again and we're baptized, we receive a gift, which is the Holy Spirit. And when we have that spirit, Romans in 1, Paul says, For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that ye may be established. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Having that spiritual gift, the discernment or the mind of Christ, when he tells us to put on the mind of Christ, it's so important. And then if you don't have have that mutual faith you get the rest of romans what you're talking about that's right so what what is the what is the mind of christ the mind of christ is the holy spirit giving you the ability to choose between right and wrong not only the ability but the power to choose between right and wrong and you guys all know this that all wrong behavior begins with wrong thinking i went swimming that in that swamp because i never thought i would get sick right i i I started looking at pornography because I never thought I would get hooked. I started call texting that woman at work because I never thought it would develop into anything more than that. All wrong behavior begins with wrong thinking. And the mind of Christ is you take the situation, you run it through the filter, and you say, I probably shouldn't go there. I probably shouldn't go there. But what do we do? What does the carnal man always say? Ah, go ahead. It isn't going to matter. It's that picture we see of the little bird an angel sitting on one shoulder and the devil on the other shoulder. That is the battle between the carnal man, the natural man, and the man whose mind is aligned with the mind of Christ. That is the battle. And that little devil sits there and talks to you. And this angel says, don't do it. And we have a choice. But the more you listen, whichever voice you listen to the most is the voice you're going to be most comfortable obeying. And if you are obeying the Lord, and you hear this devil voice, you ought to feel something in the pit of your stomach. That's called your conscience. And our consciences are being seared because of all the bull crap I was talking about at the beginning of the show, the bombardment of information like we've never seen in our lives. Come on in, Paul. Uh, we bring up John 15. That would be... Um, 18 to 25. John 15. Yeah, my favorite verse. My secretary put this in my office. I was making quite a stir in Waterville, Maine, when all the doctors were coming after me. (laughs) Because if if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. (laughs) If you were 
of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Wow. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant's not greater than his Lord? If thou persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept me saying, kept my saying, they'll keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. And if I've not come and spoken unto them, they have not had sin. But now they have no cloak, nothing hidden from their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. So, my <laughs> friends here at the uh, huddle, you're all in a good place. You're all in a good place. Hope. I want to make sure you all have hope because I almost lost it. Amen. Don't lose it, man. Hey, the more they persecuted them, the more they prospered and grew. That's why the scriptures are so important, because encouragement in truth. And truth is everywhere throughout that Bible, but it's no good if you don't know it. If it's just hiding in the dark under the front cover and the back cover of your Bible, and you never exercise the truth of that word, you might as well not have it at all. Amen. Come Come on in. Yeah, good morning, everybody. Uh, you know, it's a constant yielding to the Holy Spirit to dying to self. L- look at even Paul, the apostle who wrote most of the New Testament and, and you know, brought the, brought the word of God throughout the known world at that time. Look at what it says in Romans, what, 7.15. His struggle with, with that carnal man. <clears throat> oh, wretched man that I am, right? Who will deliver me from this body of death? Paul, the great apostle, still struggling to the very end, right? And so a lot of things, friends, a lot of things isn't this, aren't demons. A lot of it's just you. Just you. Amen. Call and there's nothing, there's nothing more heartbreaking to me than to bring direction or correction to a fellow brother or fellow sister, and have them respond, well, that's just the way that I am, and I'm not going to change. That's reprobate, folks. That's reprobate. And if somebody sends me an email or calls me and tries to bring correction to me, I want you to know I do the best to receive it. I don't, I don't want to continue to... I don't want to continue doing the wrong thing. But at the same time, you're prompting, if it's from the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will, in fact, verify it through me. I'll know that. I'll know that was from the Holy Spirit, and I'll say, thank you, brother. I received that. Amen. But just because you send me something and give me your opinion of something you think, doesn't necessarily mean I receive it, no matter how many times you tell me the Holy Spirit told you. Holy Spirit may have told you that, but it has to bear witness to me. Two witnesses. Two witnesses. We have got, we got to be careful. Man, we, we don't give each other much slack. Craig, come on in, and Myra. Well, Coach, we, we don't spend time individually with the Lord, and even sometimes we spend too much time with other other brothers and sisters. And yeah. Jesus, Jesus withdrew himself. And that's when you really hear the Lord. And, you know, some of the, my greatest times are just sitting there reading God's word for, you know, hours at a time. It's, it's very, it's a very uplifting to me. And, you know, when you think about it, you know, just think about an RPM gauge, right? You know, you have your yellow and red, you know, that, that, that car can handle, you know, it's designed to get up to that, that red line, but it's not designed to operate it there. And if you live your life and your spiritual walk at right at that red line, okay, you're going to expire before your time. Just like if you run that car right on that red line, that motor is not designed to operate in that, and it's going to it's going to fail before its time. Amen, Craig. You know, listen, folks. I want you to know this. Michelle would verify this. I I was up. I came down, turned the computer on. I'd been working for about an hour getting the show ready this morning, and, and uh, I had an uneasiness. I, Michelle got up. Uh, she got up about. Uh, 6.40, I think it was, she came walking out, and we exchanged pleasantries, as we always do. And I said, Michelle, I said, man, I'm struggling. 
And she says, what do you mean? I said, I can't, I can't zero in on what the Lord wants me to do. I can't zero in this morning. And uh, she said, well, you know, I'll pray for you. Yada, yada. So I, went, I walked down to give the, to plug in the computer. And as I, I plug, turned on the computer and I'm walking back away from the computer, the Holy Spirit said to me, ask them what the gospel is. And that's where we are. That's where we are right here. With all the preparation and everything we did, he asked me a very simple question. We just asked him what the gospel is. And the truth is, we don't know. We know it's the good news. But we don't know what we just read in Romans 1, what the anti-gospel looks like. Come on in, Myra, then we'll show a video quickly. Yes, Coach, uh, your home is upper, it's under an open heaven. When I spent a night or a couple nights at your home, yes, I remember hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit nice and clear. And I am in agreement with Paul, uh, Greg Mickle, and Jean Peterson about one mind in God. Because we read in Psalm 156, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Praise ye Amen. the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I do. Amen. I do. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Listen, we have an anointed home, not because we're holy people. Okay? <laughs> we have an anointed home because we we strive. We strive to serve the Lord. It's our focus. And we're not better than anybody else, tempted, tempted by the same stuff. Hey, I want to show you this. Um, Candace Owens. I think this is, this really doesn't, doesn't go along with what we're talking about today, but it does. Because the gospel of the kingdom is constantly under assault with lies. So anytime you see something that is not true, know that it's an assault of the kingdom of darkness. It's what it is. And I saw this video yesterday, uh, Candace Owens, she's brilliant, of, uh, on racism. I just thought it was worth the three minutes and 40 seconds it's going to take to watch it. Go ahead and play it. And now for a brief history of slavery. Here's the first thing you need to know. Slavery was not invented by white people. It did not start in 1619 when the first slaves came to Jamestown. It existed before then. It did not start in 1492 when Columbus discovered the New World. In fact, When the intrepid explorer landed in the Bahamas, the native Taino tribe hoped that he would help them defeat their aggressive neighbors, the Caribs. The Caribs enslaved the Taino and, on occasion, served them for dinner. Slavery existed in Africa, Asia, and the Middle East. The word slave actually comes from the Slavs of Eastern Europe. Millions of them, all white, by the way were captured and enslaved by Muslims in the 9th century and later by the Ottoman Turks. Slavery existed when the Roman Empire controlled the Mediterranean and most of Europe from the 1st through the 5th centuries. Slavery existed when Alexander the Great conquered Persia in the 4th century BC. It was so common that Aristotle simply considered it natural. The slave master model was just how the world operated in the great philosopher's day. Slavery existed during the time of the ancient Egyptians 5,000 years ago. As far back as we can go in human history, we find slavery. As renowned historian John Steele Gordon notes from Time Immemorial, slaves were a major item of commerce. As much as a third of the population of the ancient world was enslaved. Here's the second thing you need to know. White people were the first to formally put an end to slavery. In 1833, Britain was the first country in the history of the world to pass a slavery abolition act. They were quickly followed by France, who in 1848 abolished slavery in her many colonies. Then, of course, came the 13th Amendment in the United States Constitution. After centuries of human slavery, white men led the world in putting an end to the abhorrent practice. That includes the 300,000 Union soldiers, overwhelmingly white, who died during the Civil War. Now, am I saying that this makes white people better than anyone else? Of course not. My purpose here is to simply tell the truth, and the truth 
is that human history is complicated. No one, regardless of skin color, stands guiltless. Yet today, we are never told to consider the murderous Persian Empire or the cannibalism of indigenous tribes of North and South America or the heinous actions under the imperialistic Muslim, Chinese, Mongol, or Japanese empires, to name just a few. Instead, we're told that slavery is a white phenomenon. And like all persistent lies, this lie spawns a bunch of other lies. On social media, I come across extraordinary depictions about how Africans lived like pharaohs before Europeans came and laid waste to their paradise. I wish any of this were true, but it's not. It's a fantasy. The truth is that Africans were sold into slavery by other black Africans, and in many cases, sold for items as trivial as gin and mirrors. Whites didn't go into the interior and round up the natives. They waited on the coast for their black partners to bring them black bodies. The stark reality is that our lives had very little value to our ancestors. Here's the third thing you need to know. If you think slavery is a relic of the past, you're wrong. There are some 700,000 slaves in Africa today, right now. That's the lowest estimate that I could find. Other sources say there are many more. For context, that's almost twice as many slaves as were ever brought to the United States. Child soldiers, human trafficking, forced labor, these are the conditions that currently exist within the same sub-Saharan region where the transatlantic slave trade originated. African bodies are being sold today like they were sold then, and no, they are not being purchased by any country of white men. In fact, slavery, by any traditional definition, is exclusively practiced today within non-white countries. But we hear almost nothing about that. Just like we hear nothing about how slavery was universal until good people in Europe and America ended it two centuries ago. Why? Because our so-called leaders, black and white, wouldn't profit from it. Black victimhood is nothing if not profitable. It elects politicians and funds racial grievance groups. And if black Americans began to view themselves as partners in the American dream, if we embraced the patriotic spirit that holds all men are created equal, the patriotic spirit that is our real heritage, then the race hustlers would soon be out of business. And who wants that? I'm Candace Owens, author of Blackout for Prager University. Thank you for watching this video. Okay, so let me uh, let me encapsulate this here. Uh, the ultimate sin is uh, whoa! Did I disappear there? The ultimate sin is slavery. To, uh, the ultimate slavery is slavery to sin, folks. That's what Jesus set us free. From It was the whole thing that we're talking about here in Romans 1, as you read Romans 1. See, slavery isn't a black or white thing or even a human thing. Slavery is a sin thing. All that stuff that we read about in Romans 1 were people who knew the truth and could not shake away from the slavery of their carnal nature. Understand that? Do you understand that's what we're dealing with today? Do you understand that you can walk into a church and you can fall on your face and you can cry out to God for forgiveness of your sins and you can walk up, stand up and walk out of that church and you have the ability to be free from that bondage of sin, but you're going to have to take off your own shackles. Bible says that he whom the son sets free is free indeed. But the greatest slavery we all endure is what? Sin. Sin. As someone said earlier, Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? The things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. That's slavery, friends. It's slavery. And so the battle that we're fighting in the world, the battle that we're fighting in America, is the battle between liberty and slavery. And it all starts and focuses on whether or not we're free from sin. 
He who the sun sets free is free indeed. If you're not free from sin, I don't care what skin color you are. I don't care what political party you are. I don't care what denomination you are. I don't care what your family name is. The gospel of the kingdom of God is he came to set the captives free. It's me and you in our daily walk, in our daily lives. That's the one thing that the government has to make sure that they squash is your ability to live a free and independent Christian life and expect others to live the same way. It's not an impossible task. And we have to focus more on that personal morality, personal integrity in our families, with our children, with our neighbors. And a lot of those other problems will disappear. See you tomorrow.